You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, hypnotherapist, best-selling author, and creativity coach, helping you to find your edge. Hey, all you performers, all you creators, all you magic makers, you creative beasts, you wily coyote creatives. Why? Why? Do we have problems with practicing? Why? Right? It's the most baffling thing I know because presumably you love what you do. You love you love your art. Otherwise, you wouldn't sacrifice so much of your life for it. Yes? So why is it sometimes we can feel really blocked from the process of practicing? Why? And how can we get over that hump? So I'm going to cover that in this episode today. We're going to talk about why you sometimes self-sabotage or have a hard time beginning your practice practice. (laughs) And I'm going to be giving you tips for getting through that, for moving through the hump, getting over your practice hump so that you can be masterful and, you know, practice and feel great about it and less anxious, right? Because not practicing makes you feel so bad. But first, before we get into all of that, I have a really big announcement. So I have been doing this podcast since I've been creating pieces since December of 2017. But since January 2018, I have been publishing episodes, airing episodes of this podcast. I've made over 60 episodes Um, It has been an incredible journey of learning, an incredible uh, journey with all of you through the ups and downs that creatives go through. And I've decided, after careful consideration, that I'm going to take a break, that this episode is going to be the last episode uh, for a while. I plan on coming back in September of 2019. So... In the meantime, what is Holly doing, you might ask? Well, (laughs) as it turns out, there is a book that I've been wanting to write and um, for a long time, before even the creative formula, before I even wrote that book, I really wanted to write this book. And it just keeps knocking at my door. You know, it just keeps saying, hey, you got it. This is important now. You got to write this now for some reason. I got to write it now. So I'm going to work on that. I'm going to write some of on it, some of it, and I'm going to uh, put a book proposal together. And I'm actually going to go after a publisher um, to get a, a publisher behind it to see if I can get a book deal. I'd like to get several books out there. I have several books that are kind of knocking at me. Uh, but this time, you know, my new thing is I really want to create with others. I really want input. I really want my work to be even better um, so that the message is even cleaner and clear and it reaches more of you and helps more of you. And so I, I'm looking for a publisher. I'm looking for an editor and a publisher that can really help me make, you know, make this message zing and clear. So that's what I'm doing these next few months. I'm writing and pitching this book. So that's what I'm doing. And also, as you might have noticed, if you've been following along with the Comedy Chronicles, my comedy career is kind of taking off. I'm blowing up. (laughs) 
no. I mean, that's that makes it sound like way more than it is. It's just that it's, you know, there's a lot of momentum in comedy for me right now. People are actually uh, reaching out to me every other day. Can you do this show? Can you be in this show? I'm starting to get paid for doing comedy. Um, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't set your sights on me being like some crazy, amazing. This is not the highest tier of comedy is what I'm trying to say, but I am getting paid for it. People are asking it of me. I am spending time writing jokes, working on my craft, loving the performing. I'm, you know, God damn it. I'm a performer at my core. I mean, you know, so now I have an audience, a live audience laughing at me or not laughing at me, hating me, loving me. I love it. I love all of it. I I even love it. I was telling somebody the other day, I even love it when I feel like they don't like me. Like if they're actively disliking me in the audience, I, I love it. It's like there's just this wild aliveness in the room. There's just this energy. And I get a kick out of it. I get a kick out of all of it. So anyway, I'm obsessed. And then the outside world is telling me that like I'm kind of good at it. Like, you know, there could be an opportunity to get better, to perform more. Lots of opportunities happening. So I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy. I'm going to be doing writing my book. And I think that is enough funnels for my creative energy over the next few months. I was thinking about it as if you think about there's we have tons of creative energy and we can definitely, you know, juggle different things and manage our time. And uh, but I just feel like at a certain point, my stream gets dispersed, like it gets thinner and less powerful when I'm focused on too many projects. I'm notorious for having a lot going on, but even I have to pare down sometimes Anyway, suffice to say, after that long explanation, that I'm that I I will be picking it back up in September. If you are a Patreon patron, um, just know that and I'll, I'll I'll message this on the Patreon page that I'm not going to be delivering any of those perks either. You know, I'm really taking a break from deli- from delivering a lot of content, creating too many things. Um, I'm really going to focus on this one thing or these two things. So that's that. And you are welcome to still become a Patreon member because I'll be back. And there are already perks there that you can unlock for just a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars. So it is worth becoming a member of the Performers and Creators Lab now um, just to unlock those perks. And and that's at patreon.com forward slash Holly Shaw, where you can find the membership page for that. Yeah, so that's big news for me. I'm going to miss talking to you all the time. And, you know, telling you I'm taking a break, you know how I am. If I'm in the mood, if I get home from a comedy show and I'm like, oh, I got to tell this story, I may drop an episode. So if you want to make sure that you hear those episodes, the new ones that I drop, when and if I drop them in between, and you also want to make sure that you catch up with me in September, I would suggest subscribing to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast now on iTunes. That way, when I drop an episode, you see it. Cool? Cool. All right. So that's my big announcement. Now let's get on with getting over your practice hump. 
So I remember I had a client, oh gosh, I think it was three years ago. And she was an, a young actress. She was really skilled. And as it happened, even though she was young, she had had a lot of experience that positioned her really well. So uh, she got a lot of really high-end auditions. She got seen. She got into really great rooms. But she found herself in this place where, for whatever reason, she would sort of self-sabotage. That's how she would explain it to me. She wouldn't practice. So she'd get the sides and she wouldn't look at them. She might glance at them once or twice, but then she didn't really practice. She didn't really rehearse. And and then she'd just go and kind of bomb at it, you know, and fall apart. And, um, and it, it was not, suffice to say, it's not like she wasn't practicing and it was fine. It was, um, it was a disaster. And I'll never forget, she called me once on her way to an audition, freaking out in her car, totally, totally, you know, beyond herself, freaking out, worried because she hadn't had, she hadn't practiced. She'd gone out the night before, she'd done some improv, she'd had some fun with some friends, but she hadn't gone and done her practicing. And she called me on the way to the audition with no time to spare, right? It's not like she could rehearse in the car at this point. She didn't even have it memorized. And I realized that that was not the time to admonish her for not practicing because what are you going to do? What's done is done. Right. So I did my very best to talk her into a space of being okay with what she had done, not feeling bad about it, just being right where she was with it, doing the very best she could when she got there and letting go and sort of winging it and seeing if she could even have fun with that. Well, that audition turned out okay. So, you know, it's a good thing she called me. Not exactly my favorite time to receive a call, right? And so then in our next session, we kind of went back to the drawing board and and talked about, okay, um, this practice thing has really become an issue. So how can we get you to a place where you want to practice? How can we get you practicing? Because it's really important. And sometimes we self-sabotage just, just by not starting, to practice, right? It's like just bringing ourselves to the table sometimes can be hard. And through all the people I've coached and worked with, musicians do this too. I found that, you know, it's not when you avoid practicing, it's not because you are lazy or you're bad, but it's because you are avoiding the feeling of your fear. Whether it's a fear of not being good enough, your fear of not getting the part, your fear of messing up, your fear of not being successful, there's something there that you're avoiding and by practicing, you have to come face to face with that for a moment. And so you avoid it by avoiding practicing. But then of course it's way worse because you actually self-sabotage in your auditions, your performances, right? So it's a, it's a really terrible place to be. But so many of us find ourselves there. It's not because you're lazy or bad. I just want to say that one more time. You are not lazy or bad. You're just avoiding that horrible feeling. 
But once you begin practicing, once you start focusing there and you ease into it and you get over that sort of hump, the initial hump where you're saying the words, but they feel dry and boring and you hate everything you're doing or your instrument doesn't sound good. Once you get over that hump and you're warmed up, you're starting to get interested in the script or the music, you're starting to get into what you're saying, you're starting to fall in love with yourself just a little bit. Once you get in there, it's easy rolling, right? And then you feel so much better for having practice. You feel the confidence that you need to feel that, well, I've shown up and I've done my best that I can for this performance, this audition, this moment in time, this show, this bit, and I'm going to do it the best I can. So how to do that? Well, it's, a, it's an issue of alignment, isn't it? In the creative formula, I talk about alignment a lot because it's really the first step of the creative formula. And alignment is simply getting in the mood to do something. So you're getting in alignment with it. You are seducing yourself into it. You are luring your mind, your interest, your energy, your creative force. You are pulling that all into a space with the thing that it is that you want to be doing, whether it's practicing, whether it's performing, whether it's creating. That's what alignment is. And so how do we align to practice? So the first thing I want to suggest is that you start thinking about practice as something that you can break apart into different pieces, right? We think, oh, I'm going to need to to set aside some time to practice. And then, you know, you just have the one chunk of time and you imagine doing all the things you need to do in that one chunk of time. But I want you to think about how you can break it up because there's actually different parts of the learning process, um, I don't know if you've heard of this before, but uh, it's a it's a three stage model of motor learning um, developed by psychologists Paul Fitz and Michael Posner. And basically, the first stage is the cognitive stage. So this is the stage where you're you're really learning what to do. You're learning all the little pieces, all the little information. Maybe it's the notes, maybe it's the jokes, maybe it's the, the, um, the, the script, whatever it is, you're learning what to do. And then the second part, the second stage of learning is associative. So you're still thinking about the details, but you're focused less on the what to do and more on the how to do it. Like, um, in what way, on what string, um, pause here, do this here. You're, you're thinking of how different ways of how you could do it. And then finally, the third stage of learning is the autonomous stage. And that's where all the details are learned. So you don't have to think about it. You just do it. And I, I think of the autonomous stage as that place where you get to actually start creatively playing with the material, right? Where you can start um, using your senses to really engage with the work and feel it on a deeper level and play with it. So um, you're no longer stuck in the details as much as you're able to really feel into that bigger picture, the bigger arc of everything. That's the autonomous stage. 
So I think this can help you break apart your practicing. And here's how. So what about before you even practice setting aside time to uh, read the script, do some discovery, do some research, underline, memorize, begin memorizing it in chunks that you can think of that as the cognitive stage, right? And so you can do that in a separate place. So you could do it at a different time in, in the moments that you have when you're waiting for the bus. Um, you know, that is a time, great time for cognitive learning. Just when you're, you know, you have an, a separate space, a separate place. Maybe you're just getting up in the morning and you're sitting in bed or before you go to bed. You can do just a little bit of cognitive learning, right? So you're not trying to break off the whole enchilada. You're just doing those first cognitive pieces. Another way um, you could might be able to relate to this is if you're a musician and you're learning a piece of music, maybe this is the time when you are listening to a recording of that music or you're going over the sheet music and, and learning the parts and um, sort of trying to memorize some of it. Uh, maybe this is um, even a time when you're just going over one tricky section and learning the notes and going over and over that one little piece. Um, if you're a comedian, of course, I'm thinking about this in, in terms of comedy. Maybe this is the writing of the jokes. This is when you're, um, you know, you have some jokes you want to tell, but now you're kind of thinking about, okay, um, what order, sort of fleshing out the word order of some of the punchlines, um, thinking about, you know, how you might like to, to do them and in, in what way, in what order, what's the flow, you know, timing the sections, that kind of thing before you try to put it all together and say it out loud. Yeah. Because I think the end goal of practicing is you want to practice as though you're performing, right? That's our end goal is that you have a chance at some point to say the lines, stand up, say the lines in the way that you would with the gestures that you might in the performance or in the audition or to to have your instrument and to be playing the music full out or to be standing up in your living room and practicing those jokes, right? There's just nothing like having that fully embodied, full out at the right level that you would normally play it, practice that's really important piece of practicing is having the the full fleshed out version that you have run through so that your body's like, okay, I, I remember that. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to visit that full energized performance place. So but there's so many things you can do before you get to there. So think about how can I break it apart? How can I do that cognitive bit? How can I even do some of that associative bit before I have my practice where I do I do the autonomous creative play part? Yes. So let's talk about that creative play part. Let's talk about the autonomous stage. And that's where you, you're able to start practicing it and really getting inside of it and really embodying it and really doing it full out. And there's a, a, something that I like to tell people when it comes to practicing, which is 
Preparation creates a master. Expectation creates disaster. So I'm going to repeat it. You repeat it with me so you remember it. Preparation creates a master. Expectation creates disaster. I never recommend that people set things to the point of complete perfection in practice. Now, I know there's some classical musicians out there that are really going to disagree with me. Uh, But for the rest of you, and you're free to disagree, but I would still suggest that even in a classical piece where you are expected to play it to the letter, I still think there is a creative energy constantly running through it. Otherwise, you might as well be a robot. You just be bored. You can't tell me there's no creativity happening, even when you're playing note for note, volume for the volume written on the page. There's still a creative force that's happening with you, with the music, an alchemy of your spirit and the instrument and the notes. All right. So I just don't recommend that people set something. I think you need to prepare until you embody the material, until it feels great coming out of you, until you are are enjoying, until you're entertaining yourself, right? But never stop creating with it. Never get set on, I'm going to say it exactly like this, because what happens is it starts to get wooden. It begins to get wooden, and then you do not ever achieve that same exact performance and you're you're bound to be disappointed. You set yourself up for disappointment, you create an inflexible self and you set yourself up for disaster. So I I always suggest that you try it. If you're going to practice something 7 times, do it 7 different ways. Change an emphasis here or there or you know, one time just for fun, do the whole thing over the top. And then one time, just for fun, just throw away the whole delivery. Uh, You know, just try it louder, softer, um, try it softer, louder, different places, massage, flex the material, stretch it until there's nothing set. Until it's just a beautiful journey that you can't wait to do when you get in the performance, when you get into the room, when you get on stage, you're getting yourself eager, ready, excited, and creatively flexible for that performance. That is the kind of practice that you want to have. All right. So if you loved this and you want more on practicing, then I still have more materials for you. I have actually a meditation, a meditation. This is exclusive for my Patreon patrons. It's called a get ready to practice audio meditation. Um, So it's really, I'm using hypnotic devices and I walk you through the imagery and the feelings of practicing. And it just basically helps you invoke that excitement that you need to find your activation energy and to begin practicing and feel great about it. So that is on the Patreon page. Uh, Just for a dollar, you get that audio meditation get ready to practice and then 
At the next level, I also have a practice prep your body, which is an exercise. It's a 10-minute video where I teach you an exercise, a quick exercise. It's not a 10-minute exercise, but it's a quick exercise to really help you get in the mood to practice. And this is something once you learn, you can use it anywhere, always, all the time. And yeah, so that is also on the Patreon membership page. And this is at patreon.com forward slash Holly Shaw is where you can find it. You can become a patron, a Patreon member and get more materials to help you practice better and more excitedly and just feeling good about it because you deserve to have all the success you desire, but you're going to need to practice to get there, right? All right. That's it. That is it. Until September, thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And thank you to our amazing composer, Dan Cantrell. Go find him on Bandcamp and buy his music. He's incredible. And thank you for listening. I'll see you all soon enough. Be love. Be your art. Create great things. My name is Holly Shaw. (laughs) 